Welcome to Alphabet Fly Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with the guests. We talk about all the characters that we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is someone who's very wolfy, Rob. Little old lady got mutilated late last night. Werewolves of Rob London again. <laughs> okay. Okay, I should have saw that that was where that was coming from. But but yeah, uh, but yeah. today we're talking about uh, Carlos Lobo. Um, who, if you could probably understand, last name is Lobo, is probably wolf-related. Yep. Yep. So, how will you describe uh, Carlos? Well, he is a uh, he's a handsome Hispanic man with a haircut that unfortunately somewhat resembles uh, Mrs. Brady from the Brady Bunch, but with a distinct white streak in it. And uh, yeah. uh, with him is, of course, his lupine alter ego, who is a varwolf. Uh, he's very he's very Sal Buscema looking. Yes, it's very, very much so. I do like the art style a lot. Now, from in your in your uh what word I'm trying to say? In your memory, is this like I think that's like one of the few Hispanic characters we covered in the eighty nine update. Well well, he was very new at the time. Um this is the time yeah. that uh Jerry Conway had returned to Marvel after Jim Shooter was ousted. And at the time, there were three uh, monthly Spider-Man books. You had Amazing Spider-Man, and that would be that would have been um, David uh, Michelini and I believe Eric Larson at the time taking over from uh, Todd McFarlane. And then you had Web of Spider-Man and Spectacular Spider-Man, and those two were both being written by Jerry Conway. Uh, Web had art by Alex Saviak, and Spectacular had art by Sal Buscema, and so he was able. To- Basically, it was like a bi-monthly book where it came out twice a month. And so he could use that to really amp up the subplots. And one of the big subplots he did was this gang war uh, between the Lobo brothers, who were uh, Mexican mutants who had werewolf powers, and the Kingpin, and the various other uh, mobster villains from Spider-Man's milieu. So like your your Hammerhead and your Tombstone and uh, the Chameleon. Oh, this, uh, the issue that they came, uh, that they first appeared in, um, is like smack dab in the middle of just a bunch of, like, Punisher, Tombstone, stuff like that. That's a really good arc. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah. But, uh, but as you can probably tell, real name, Carlos Lobo. And I guess we can, we can, can do a little cover piece theater with this one. Yeah, we can. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so it's a professional criminal and leader of a criminal organization. Uh, everyone knows who Carlos is. Uh, yeah, uh, he's a legal citizen, sir. Oh, I, I mean, he doesn't really have a dual identity. He doesn't have, like, a different name and he's a werewolf. He's just a werewolf. Yeah, you know, when, like, everyone's just like, whoa, look, there's that guy who turns into a werewolf. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's a, a, he's a citizen, uh, citizen of Mexico with no known criminal record. No other alias. Uh, was bur- born in a unidentified village in Mexico. Single. Um... Eduardo, Eduardo, Eduardo. I'm Eduardo. I am such a bad Hispanic person. I cannot say any of the things. I can't eat cilantro without tasting like soap. Same. I don't like the warm. <sighs> like man, it's just 
The only thing I got from my father was was me being brown. Um, so Eduardo is his brother, deceased, unnamed mother, and unnamed sisters. Um, also ran around with uh, used to be a partner of Eduardo Lobo and the leader of the Los Hermanos de Luna, the brothers of the Brotherhood of the Moon. Which I'm gonna say, there's no way that's not just a bunch of werewolves. The, the, like, it, it's only the two werewolves, and the other guys are just guys. Oh. Well, I guess they're mutants. Okay, never mind. I was going to be like, well, you can make more, but no, these are these are different types of werewolves. Wait, do they have the type of werewolves at Marvel where they bite another person and then they turn into a werewolf? No, because Spider-Man's constantly getting bitten in those issues. Oh and he, and in fact, somebody wrote into the letters page and said, so, you know, Spider-Man gets, gets clawed by these werewolves in, you know, Web of Spider-Man 157. Does he, is he going to become a werewolf? And they say, no. They're mutant werewolves. They don't actually have those werewolf powers. Because so I don't, I can't think of a, a werewolf that isn't cursed or mute, mute or mutant in Marvel. Uh, well, there's Man Wolf. He's just got that. He also doesn't obey the regular werewolf rules because he's also not contagious. Yeah he he has the he has the bloodstone. Yes. Or and the- then Cap it, well multiple caps turned into a werewolf because of bloodstone well, yes and i think maybe also some genetic engineering because that's with uh nightshade who has like a werewolf serum yeah yeah think, and then i think the only guy who's really like a notable contagious type werewolf is jack russell the werewolf by night i thought his was just a curse i, I think it's a curse oh. but I, I think it's enough of a curse that he can like pass it on yes because there's okay. uh there's like a later marvel comics present story where he has to fight a biker gang that's all werewolves that he infected. Okay, okay. I was, I'm, I think I, I think I was uh, misremembering something. Yeah, I don't know. I, w- I would like a, uh, I would like a wolf spider man. Just saying. Well, there, there, there was one it. in, um, uh, there's one in Spider Verse, uh, the Wolf Spider, who comes from like a werewolf planet called the Lycan Sphere. You know, I need to reread Spider Verse. That was, oh, man. I don't know. I love. I, I really love the the Spider Verse and Spider Geddon. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, so this is a brief aside, but technically related. Um, I would really like if they did a uh, Spider Punk series. Oh yeah. Um, because you know I, I I love that Spider Spider Gwen or Ghost Spider what they're trying to mm-hmm. do now. Um, I really love that she took off, but I would also really like if you know we just had at least a mini series with um or Spider Punk, mm. but. But yeah, so, or Assassin Spider, the one that was raided by Wolverine. Oh, right. Yeah, that one would be cool, too. Hmm. Um, but yeah, but uh, but yeah, so, uh, they first appeared in Spectacular Spider-Man issue, Spectacular Spider-Man issue 143 in October, why am I, why am I bad at doing, in October 1988, um, and we do have Cover Piece Theater. Cover Peace Theater. So, to set the scene, we have Spider-Man laying on the ground next to, looks like a pole. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Punisher standing over him with a gun to his head. And we have, is that Clash? Uh, no, that's the Persuader. The Persuade, okay. I am not familiar with the Persuader. Spoilers, he doesn't make it to issue 144. You know, it makes a lot of sense. The Punisher's right there and he doesn't look very blue. That is precisely Uh. what happens. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. But you have the persuader just like, I guess, trying to be like, you know, doing the equivalent of, hey, what are you going to do? Shoot me? Well, I mean, to the Punisher. I mean, he has like purple man powers. Oh. Because he's the persuader. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, and this uh, background's, I think, almost n- negligent um, in this one. But the cover copy has Death in Dallas. Guest starring. Guest starring. The Punisher. You can't refuse the Persuader. Do it! Kill Spider-Man now! And then, I'm assuming, be like, nah, you suck. Pay I mean, basically, he Pay has, him. like, he's he's been using, I mean, I guess it'll come, I, I, I mean, I've read that issue, I really like that arc, but in a nutshell, uh, the Kingpin is using the Persuader to... Uh, persuade to mind control the Punisher into killing a bunch of criminals for him in the uh, in the Lobo Brothers organization because he sees them as an an up and coming rival to him. So he he does he kills all these criminals, but then when he tries to get him to kill Spider Man, that's beyond the pale for the Punisher. So instead, he shoots the Persuader. In yeah, he, so he basically did. Yeah, he's like, "What are you gonna do? Shoot me?" And then and then he shot him. Basically, I do like this era of Punisher as well because he's basically just wearing a really snug turtleneck as well. Oh yeah, and there, there's yeah. a great scene in this a couple issues earlier where uh, the Punisher uh, stops two thugs who are uh, attacking him with uh, with a with his own breakfast. Oh, that's nice. Like he's, he's that's always like nice. he's frying bacon in a pan. There are two guys sneaking up with him. He hits one guy with like bacon grease, and then he clobbers the other guy with the pan. Ooh. That's that would be very painful. Yes. Like, would it be as bad as being shot in the stomach? Uh, I mean, he mm. gets him right in the eyes. Oh, that's really bad. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll say that it's up there. It's one of the worst ways to you know get killed, mm. I guess. Um, but yeah. So, uh, so Eduardo and Carlos Lobo are brothers who grew up in poverty in rural Me- a rural Mexican village. Even as children, they stole to feed themselves and their family. When they were very young, they stole chickens, and as teenagers, they stole sheep. Even the children, even as children, the two Lobos uh, brothers could move faster than the other boys their age and could see in the dark better than their friends. One day, Eduardo was 17. When he was 17, he was climbing over a fence of a cattle ranch to steal a calf when he saw Bonita, a girl roughly the same age, and who was the uh, ranch's own owner's daughter. Uh, his presence frightened the cattle, causing Bonita's horse to be frightened as well, and it threw her off. Eduardo caught uh, Bonita, and they soon fell in love. That feels very much like a beginning of a romance novel. Yeah, I mean, it's... And uh, the depiction of Mexico, I think, I don't know how accurate this was in the 80s, but it's kind of... Along the lines of like a '40s Zorro movie, I can imagine. I, I, a lot of a lot of people don't realize that even though Mexico does have some problems with cartels and stuff, like it's a middle class. It still has a decent middle class. Like people still live, you know, there. It's you know, it's not it's not all desert and poor people. And everything isn't shot through a very harsh yellow filter. Yeah, like, you know, there's, you know, there was, there was a couple years that, like, Mexico overtook the obesity rate in, like, America. Like, it's, it's not like it's, like, it's, it's not like, like all the cowboy movies, really. But, uh, but yeah, so, one night Bonita's brother found Eduardo, Eduardo and, uh, Bonita, and infuriated that the lower class boy would become involved 
with their sister, attacked him with whips. Wait, brothers. Okay, sorry. I said brother. I was just like, wow, is he dual really whips? What is this whiplash over here? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> uh, no, I've, I've but, incurred the wrath of uh, Mickey Rourke. I'm, I will still fight people on that. I think that Iron Man 2 is a decent movie. Think, Not great. I think it's a totally, I think it's, I, think, I think it's the least of the Iron Man movies, but it's still totally decent. Yeah, it's a decent movie. I think the only two movies that I don't like really are the first Thor movie and the second Thor movie. Uh, once again, uh, uh, you uh, with your no Malekith policy. Yeah, no Malekith. Malekith yeah. in the movie. I'm not paying attention to it. I have, I have a, uh, a very, very strict thing. Uh, my first one was just like it was. I don't know. About many people, many people pointed this out, but the romance between. Jade Foster and Thor made no sense. They knew each other for two days. <laughs> like, I mean, that's a lot of movies. Yeah, I know, but I don't know why. It just, like, they... I don't know. I just... It felt forced, in a way. I don't know. I didn't like... Whatever. I'm not gonna get into it too much. All I know is that the second movie was saved by Kat Dennings, uh, and, and that she was also amazing in WandaVision. So... So, uh, but yeah, they're, you know, they're just whipping, they're whipping this boy because he's dirty lower class. Um, and he basically underwent transformation in the form of humanoid wolf for the very first time, uh, seized with a bloodlust. Eduardo killed not only Bonita's brother, but Bonita herself. At dawn, Eduardo transformed back into human form and was horrified at what he'd done to Bonita. As a result, both he and Carlos left Mexico settling in southern uh, southern texas in texas the two lobo brothers intervened in a gang war among various hispanic criminal gangs and made peace among them the gangs united and started calling themselves los hermanos de la luna but soon the gang leaders all disappeared and the lobo brothers headed the organization in their place okay i have a question for you uh-huh. is that insinuating that the that the lobos brothers the Lobo, bro- the Lobo brothers killed the gang leader. I would argue possibly killed and also possibly ate. Yeah, that feels like it's kind of like when someone in a gang movie says, I'm going to take care of someone. It feels like, hey, they disappeared. Yeah, and I, mm. I think the comics code was as such that maybe they couldn't actually depict or state that these guys ate the other guys. But I think I think there's human eat- eating going on. Yeah. Um. So uh, the Lobos quickly built their organization into a powerful and prosperous one. Among other illegal activities, they ran a sophisticated drug smuggling operation. They uh, they gave their headquarters, they made their headquarters in a mansion in Grapevine Lake outside of uh, Dallas and became leaders of a notorious powerful gang organization. Among other le- illegal activities, they also enga- engaged in... Well, okay, well, I think that's a typo. Yeah, they, they've got... Uh, they, they, uh... They actually duplicated a sentence there. Uh, so learning that the Lobos planned to move to New York at the territory of Wilson Fisk or the Kingpin of Crime, uh, his right hand, Fisk's right hand man, their ranger, planned to take a countermeasure. Uh, their ranger employed the mutant known as Roylan Raymond, or a.k.a. the Persuader, to take control of the Punisher and compel him to assassinate the Lobos brothers. The Lobo brothers, um, and then, like Spider-Man intervened. I, I I love how prominent the uh, the uh, the arranger is in uh, Spider-Man comics of this time. He's just like the accountant of crime. He's like 
He's like Fisk's personal assistant. Well, hopefully Daredevil, the Daredevil series is coming back. But mm. but the first season, like uh, Leland Al? I mean, he's, he's kind of more of the Wesley. Wesley? Yeah, a little bit more like the like, Wesley. Like if, the Wesley okay. if, like if Wesley was played by Jeffrey Tambor. Yes, yes, I would say that. Like he's just um, kind of this middle-aged, balding guy, and he's like, well, the Kingpin is like having these giant feuds with Daredevil and Spider-Man. And, you know, the Arranger is just kind of, like, making, you know, he's keeping the trains running on time. Yeah. Would, what was I going to do? What was I going to say? Were you disappointed that they didn't have a weird old man flying around in Daredevil, the Daredevil show? I mean, I admit that that's kind of not how, what kind of show it was, but I de- after they killed <laughs> off Leland Owsley in the first season, I definitely wanted him to be revived with some kind of owl serum that let him turn his head around backwards. I just wanted to see him turn his head around backwards and not fly, but like glide really well. And also, they never actually called him the owl. They should have called him like, you know, oh yeah, it's Leland Owley. They call him the owl of Wall Street or something. Or yeah, like it'd be like, oh, he he does accounting very quickly at night. Ooh. Well, you know, just like, you know, he's predatory or something. Yeah, like you never hear him coming. Because, like, he's silent yeah. and will we'll hurt you. And then, and then after lunch, he just forks up little pellets all over the office. We, we, we scare him away from our offices by putting up a mannequin of him in the window. What, what do you think the chances of having a stilt man show up? Uh, I don't they made know. references. They made references multiple times. Yeah, I don't know. Mm, I don't know. You know, I understand, I understand that, like, Daredevil, especially after when... Um, Frank Miller got a hold of it. Mm. It became a way more serious comic, but I do really like all the very silly, uh, silly villains that he introduced. I mean, we have now had we've now had two appearances by Batroc the Leaper, so I'm not ruling anything out. Well, see, Batroc the Leaper could hypothetically actually be like a person, though. Like, yeah, I mean, he's just a guy who's good at uh, savate. Yeah, like you just you just take away like the like the really overt like French racism and then you're good. <laughs> Listen, I of- s- I still wish uh, George Saint Pierre had grown that mustache though. I love like I I don't well you you probably have because you literally wrote that wrote the handbook for the King in Black, but uh, I really like the, like it like him in uh, the King in Black series. Oh, uh, Thunderbolts, Thunderbolts, great from- mini, yeah, strong recommend from me, yeah. It's a very good. Also, it may bring back a. It, it may have Batroc with electric kicks. It's very good. Um, but yeah. Also, Mister Fair shows back up, which is um my my favorite costume based science gun worlder. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, basically, yeah, we got off topic. But uh, but Spider Man was just like, hey, don't kill me, and. Punisher was like, hey, I don't kill heroes. Spider-Man's one of the good ones. Bam! And he, you know, he killed the Persuader. Punisher killed the Persuader. So, a secret revenge on Kingpin for his attempt on their lives. The Lobos, the Lobo brothers came to New York and initiated gang war between Kingpin's organization uh, well, against Kingpin's organization. While in New York, Adrado fell in love with Daily Bugle, Bugle's uh, secretary, Gloria Glory Grant. Which is just one letter off from just being related to Betty Brant. Yeah, it's weird, but they, they are totally separate characters. Remember, Glory Grant is uh, is black. Oh. See, I my my big uh, like blind spot for Spider-Man is like pretty much like 
70s through the 80s. Yeah, she first showed up in in the 70s. Oh, as okay. uh, as Peter's neighbor, and then since Betty was off getting married to Ned, Peter recommended that she become uh, Jonah's new secretary. No, we covered Betty's life, and uh, it's not great. No, no, her life is terrible. No, it's awful. Um, my my advice: don't be friends with Peter Parker. Your life tends to be like somewhat crappier. <laughs> like you know, cool. I mean, Spider-Man. I mean, somehow yeah. somehow her relationship with Flash Thompson gets even worse. I know. Oh, man. I, well, well, back to someone who, back to these boys. Uh, so basically, uh, he, he learned of basically, uh, glory, a glory grant learned of his ability to turn into a werewolf. And then they clashed with, uh, Spider-Man during the great, during the gang war in New York. The war eventually led Derek Rogers death at the hand of Gloria Grant who shot him with a silver bullet from the Arranger's gun. Ironically, Gloria was aiming for Spider-Man. Oh, I feel I would feel really bad about myself if that happened. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> the current whereabouts uh, and activities of Carlos Lobo is unknown, and it is assumed he's plotting revenge against Spider-Man for causing his brother's death. I feel like, and this is just me, mm. I feel like Spider-Man's, like, I guess a tertiary uh power he has is automatically like getting all the blame on him oh definitely when it's clearly someone else's fault oh sure like when uh, like when betty's brother died yeah it's just like oh if spider-man wasn't here they they wouldn't die like maybe but also like he didn't shoot your brother he didn't kill your brother for trying to help him out what like like i mean i'm not saying like you know that the werewolf should want to kill a uh, should kill glory but mm. i'm just saying she did shoot the silver bullet at him yes and uh you know. would you believe that uh carlos or that uh carlos lobo did in fact reappear much later yes i did see something about him being in something much later uh, he was in scarlet spider where uh we see him working with a here with a previously unrevealed sister esmeralda lobo who's also a werewolf and they end up fighting the scarlet spider in uh houston because they're working for a representative of the Aztec gods to try and get the Scarlet Spider's sidekick. And they're doing so in order to resurrect uh, Eduardo Lobo. I would highly suggest that run of Scarlet Spider and also the run that the run of the New Warriors that was happening around the same yes. time. And in f- they're both very good. Yes. And in fact, um, Eduardo also appeared later. He was one of the many villains resurrected uh, by the Jackal. Uh, during the clone conspiracy. Yes. Which I think I actually stopped reading that. Okay. So I don't know what it is with Spider-Man. I will keep up with it for like a couple of years. And then like I get to end of a plot line and then I don't read it for another year. And I'm just like, what's going on? What's going on here? And when I, when I go out to the new one, cause like, uh, I, I started reading, I think I've read almost all of the Nick Spencer run right now but like i could not imagine if i just jumped in because you know like spoiler alert uh but J jonah uh the triple j's is like spider-man's like biggest fan now um he's also they also have like this like alien thing that if they that is their dog that's uh that's gog who's actually a uh, an old school spider-man villain from uh the from the brief roy thomas run of the book a big alien that uh, Spider-Man fought in the Savage Land. 
Yeah, and uh, he's like also him and Boomerang fight together a lot. Uh-huh. Like Boomerang's like a not an anti-hero, like a reluctant hero. Well, how would you say that? He's a hero, but like, like he's like a booster goal. Yeah, I'd say, and he's like a booster goal. And interestingly, yeah. uh, a current a subplot that's just bubbled to the surface uh, in Nick Spencer Spider-Man originates in this era of Spectacular Spider-Man with Tombstone and his relationship with uh, Robbie Robertson. Yeah, yeah, that is, that is coming that's, up, Because too. that's from this. I did not know In that. In fact, Tombstone okay. is a relatively recent addition to the Spider-Man mythos. He's only from, like, the late 80s. Tombstone is, like, a very important character. Oh, yeah. Now, too. I, I do, out of the, um, I have, it's not a hard, fast rule or anything, but I also tend to check out a little bit more when uh, Spider-Man comics starts focusing more on the gangs. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I... I yeah, I have certain interests, let's mm-hmm. say, and the the whole New York gang stuff n- generally doesn't help, uh, doesn't hold my attention I, too much. I really do like the gangster stuff with Spider-Man because it's usually weird, goofy gangster stuff. Yeah, it it, it has to be. I, I have to I have to hit it running. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the current stuff, I'm 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 liking a lot. Um, there's a whole. I will. I'm gonna be real honest. I think I lost the plot for the spectacular Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was around the time after the Sandman episode. By the way, if you're going to read, like, two issues of a of a comic, it's the, uh, is Chip Zdarsky? Yes. Did Chip Zdarsky write the, the Sandman one? Yes. The two issues? The, yeah, those are real good. It's like Sandman's dying, and, like, it turns out he, he can't die, because th- there's a single grain of sand basically holds his consciousness, and because it's sand, it never really goes away. And like it's this really well, it's so good. You should definitely read it. It's a very good thing. It's like a future version of him trying to whatever. Um, I forget what's the legacy numbering on those. It's two hundred. Oh, something. it's two hundred something. I can't. Remember. Yeah, it's two hundred. I know. I mean, it's you in can the, really I know, just read I think that whole Chip Zdarsky run because that's actually at the very I, end of it. Like yeah, the Chip Zdarsky run in general was. Yeah, good. It's, it's like those two Sandman issues, and then I think it's the last issue. Yeah, he also wrote the uh, My Dinner with Spider Man, which is when when uh the flip for triple j was just like hey um you're not a bad dude i th- I think i'm gonna be your biggest fan and then afterward i really like that dynamic i'm gonna be real honest i really like the like the j jonah jameson's like abrasiveness but for spider-man it's such a fun dynamic because peter parker cannot stand it half the time uh so yeah whatever I- i'm i'm gushing over a really good run you should definitely read all of mm- yeah, all of the current Spider-Man stuff. I think it's pretty good. But but yeah, so uh, he's 6'2", weighs 200 pounds. Uh, he has brown eyes as a human, red as a wolf, black hair as a human, gray hair as a wolf. And, you know, he does, you know, he does a lot of exercise as a human, but he can lift around 10 tons, so he's Spider-Man strong. Um, I don't know if I like mutant werewolves. I don't know if I like that as much because they introduced werewolves in New Mutant, like real werewolves, quote unquote, werewolves in the New Mutant run where they're in Asgard. Oh, right. And she meets uh, Hrim Hari, that wolf god. Yeah. And like they're like werewolves, quote unquote, like silver and stuff mm. hurts them. And I guess silver hurts them. Yeah, it doesn't hurt Wolf's Mane, but it does hurt the Lobo brothers for reasons. I don't know if I'd like that. It's a little goofy. Uh, I, I just like, you know, I don't know. I guess they're trying to 
going around. I guess they did have multiple werewolf stuff happening in the 80s. Maybe they need to differentiate all of them. Well, uh, it was the 80s. Yeah, everybody was a mutant. Yeah. Including Cloak and Dagger for Cloak and Dagger. their series. Uh, wait, who else did they turn into a mutant? Um, I think they were talking about the Falcon being a mutant. Yes. Okay, I have a question. Red Wing in mm-hmm. the comics. Am I remembering correctly? Is Red Wing a vampire? He is now, yes. Now he is. Uh, okay. Not originally. Okay. Not originally. Okay. Because, uh, like, I remember someone mentioning him, just like, I thought that was just regular bird. But also at the same time, like, years have passed, and, like, you know, Falcons only live for, like, four or five years. So I guess it would have to be a long lived one. Yes. Yeah. But whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to hurt them with traditional weapons mm-hmm. when he's in werewolf form. Apparently you can use silver on them when you miss Spider-Man and kill them. Um, he has all the, all the stuff, except when he is in werewolf form, he also retains his intelligence. Uh, but he's dominated by animalistic bloodlust. And when he's a human, he also has some of the, uh, you know, he has the get up juice to like run and see real well. So, um, do you have anything else to say about Carl Lobo, Carlos Lobo? I mean, just that, you know, I really do have a love for this era of Spider-Man and, uh, the Lobos are definitely a big part of it. And, uh, okay. I think a big part of it is that when I was, you know, just getting into Spider-Man, um, you know, there were a ton of back issues from this era and, the Amazing Ones were more expensive because they had Todd McFarlane art, oh, but these ones were very affordable, and so I just ended up with a ton of these, and so this is sort of my uh, my baseline for what Spider-Man is. Well, it, it seems to be a really fun era. It's just a big blind... I mean, it's not as big of a blind spot for me now, mm. but it is a big blind spot before I started doing this podcast. Like, I know the 60s stuff a little bit, and then... I skip all the way to the 2000s. So 60s to the 2000s. It's a large bi- like blind gap. And I know some parts because they come up in the you know later uh, Spider-Man stuff, but not really like first person. Um, but uh, yeah, so let's do plugs. All right. So I have, um, so I'm on a Transformers podcast, uh, Stasis Pod. We're just about to start the second season of Transformers Rescue Bots. I'm looking forward to that. And I'm also on the official Marvel research team. Uh, we have a book uh, that was uh, in stores from last month. You can probably still find a copy if you, uh, if you check it out. It's the King in Black Handbook, giving you information on Marvel's most scintillating symbiotes, including a huge Venom update that I wrote. Yes, I, uh, I got it. And it is a very in-depth Venom. Thing. It was very long amount of talking about venom and how they and how he poops yes only there can you find out how he poops yeah the answer may surprise uh, you yeah uh spider-man did not teach him how to poop no it does in a really weird way that meant spider-man pooped that way didn't well the weird thing is that didn't happen when he was when he had the symbiote so the whole time he was just holding it in i guess maybe mm, i don't like that see you introduced a, a a plot point. Now I have to think about every time I think about Venom. <laughs> so, it's almost, it's not as bad as me, as uh, like in the Mark Grinwald run of the handbook, where they put in a line specifically that there is a poop and pee flap in the <laughs> rhino suit. Um, which 
really is uncomfortable because you get a lot of like real up close shots of his of of, of uh, like Rhino of running. I'm just like, oh man. <sighs> but yeah, um, but yeah. My name is Jesse. I have a podcast called Into Riverdale, where me and my friend Daniel talk about the the show Riverdale episode by episode. Um, if you want to see the people we're talking about, you can always go to at Alphabet Flight on Twitter and Instagram. If you would like to uh, support me monetarily, you can go to the link in the description, or you can go to uh, patreon.com slash alphabetflight. And uh, if you want to not give me money, or give me money and do this, you can always go to at, well, you can always go to uh, iTunes or your podcatcher of choice and rate, review, subscribe, and do all that junk to help other people find me out. Uh, so, this has been Alphabet Flight, and may... Conchu protect you through all of your night travels. Good night. Saw so, so a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand. His hair was perfect. Good night. <laughs>